is what you wish for, what I exist for, about to skinny dip up in the Hollywood fishbowl, always on point, want questions that are piss poor, that's a tall order man, kissing up to 6'4", isn't anyone who does what I do quite like I do, the sweetest thing to come from Tokyo since the Haichu, anytime you want it, midnight, high noon, and all I'm asking back is five stars on the iTunes, pack them in gentle, like they were styrofoam, I swear to god they never should have given me a microphone, see this is what I'm like alone and now I got an entourage of common bond with anyone who wants something to ponder on, thinking man's half-wit, on a quest to elevate the dialogue to open up and keep it clear as cellophane, group hug, group hug, everybody bring it in, let's get empathetic instead of ignorant, sing it Lynn! Hello dudes, dudettes, duders, and everything in between, and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am your host, Jesse Kester, and boy, do we have a doozy of an episode for you today. Our guest is, is, is a twofer, it's a twofer Tuesday, it's a twofer Tuesday, Vance. Uh, who we've got, Who whom do we have, whom is involved in the having upon which is being done today? Our guest today is Lynn Gotoni, and I met her on uh, do, doing background work on this show called Teachers. We got along pretty well in holding, so I guess I, the reason it's a twofer is because you could you could say that she she follows uh, she falls under background extra, and we talk about that a little bit. And she's also an indie musician, and we we talk about that a little bit. Um. This episode concludes our series on indie musicians, and I'd just like to run down and say a sincere, a very, very sincere thank you once more to all of the guests who took the time to come on to our program. So that means a very sincere thank you to Ashley Lowry, a very sincere thank you to Mimi Page, a very sincere thank you to Katie Ann Mitchell, and a very Sincere thank you to Lynn, who's on today. Thank you guys so much for coming on and, and sharing the world through your eyes. I, I appreciate it. And um, I, individually, I've sent you the feedback that I've been getting from, from our audience. They appreciate it, too. We are, we are very grateful. Lynn, 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 Lynn. Uh, we, we, get, we get there again. I'm finding out that I'm a bit of an outlier here in, in L.A. That I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care about my insecurities it feels like insecurities affect people a lot you think i don't have self-doubt that's not the case I, I i doubt a lot of what i do every minute i spend playing donkey kong country i am wildly entertained and i'm also hating myself for not creating something more meaningful than uh the collection of four kong letters and five to nine puzzle pieces per level but good lord is it pretty but good lord am i not doing anything but good lord is it pretty but good lord do i hate myself for not doing things meaningful with my time here on earth uh, yeah like i said i don't care about my insecurities <laughs> <laughs> but it, I think I, what, what, what I'm picking up on is that people feel it. I don't, I don't know. They feel it and they move through those feelings. And I feel like we're all just trying to figure out how, how, um, how we contend with the, the, the fact that we're all coming up short in this lifetime. Uh, pretty, pretty, hey, how you feeling? Really good? That's a, that's a, that's a nice light way to kick things off. Uh, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut myself off right here because we've cleared up all the orders of business. Sincere thank yous to the to the wonderful guests who came on to our independent musician series. Um, I'm going to turn this over to Lynn, and then next week we're start. Next week we're doing something. We're 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 breaking format. We're going off the beaten path uh, for one week, and then we're going to kind of try to scoop it back up. I don't know how we're going to handle how we're going to handle September. Because, good lord, is October going to be about horror films? Somehow, I haven't figured out, I haven't booked up October yet, but we already have five episodes for September, which is a, a, four weeks in a month, five episodes, whatever are we going to do. You might get a bonus episode next month, uh, and then get ready for October, <clears throat> sorry, Shocktober. 
Anyway, without further ado, I give to you, Lynn Gotoni. Thank you so much for coming on. Drops. Morpheus is fighting Neo. He is, and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am your host, Jesse Kester, and today I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious... Lynn Gatoni. Welcome to the party. How have you been, Lynn? I've been really good. I just actually got back from Europe about a couple weeks ago and... Fancy! Getting back into the LA hustle. You just got back from teachers a couple of days ago. That's right. I know that because I was there. Yes, you were. So anyone who is uh, who is a fan of teachers, or even if you're not, watch the season... Morpheus is done fighting Neo. Be sure to watch the season finale. And you were you were my date, weren't you? That's right. Yeah, you'll see us. You'll see us coming into a wedding um, as as a couple. So that's how that's how you land a spot on the fishbowl is extra every now and then. And so how we like to start the show is with five and five. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You have one minute to answer each question. So it's five questions in five minutes. Are we good? Oh dear, let's oh. go. <laughs> well, thank you for calling me dear. I do appreciate it. Here we go. Uh, and you get beeps. Because nothing, nothing relaxes an interviewee more like uh, more than alarms. So are the walls gonna like get closer as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and if you mess up, like the spikes come out. Yeah. And, oh my god. Uh, yeah. The fire starts. Whole shebang. Uh, and here we go. You ready? Ready. Where did you grow up, and how did that inform who you are as an adult? Well, so I grew up in Munich. Um, I went to an American international school. So I would say also my mother and my father, they're both uh, different nationalities. My mom is Chinese. My dad is Finnish. So I kind of grew up in a four cultural household, I guess. Um, Chinese, Finnish, German, German and, and American. F- okay. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, a bowl full of mixture of colors, um, so I'd say I got a little bit of all of that and... 20 seconds left on the clock. Um, Do any of those speak more to you than the others, the Chinese or the Finnish or the American I have or the a German? full-on identity crisis is what I would say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> all right. Eight, seven. Do you want to go to the next one? Sure. Okay. What is the must-engage media, the book, the movie, the album that everybody should read, see, watch, listen to before they die? Oh, God. Well, I mean, my parents are both classical musicians, so I feel obliged to say that you should listen to Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, Haydn. My personal favorite for the longest time was Dvorak, also Tchaikovsky. Um Jazz, I love a lot. Ella Fitzgerald, I think you. You know, you don't have to impress without. me. You can. I'm not trying okay. to impress you. This is just. This is. This is what I grew up with. Um, Freddie Mercury. I love. There we as go. Now you're speaking my language. Um, Freddie Mercury and Ella Fitzgerald, and Tchaikovsky, the Nutcracker. <laughs> Those three kind of. That's what my life looks like. Okay. okay. I think we're. I think we're getting an image. We're getting a picture. You. You want to forfeit the last ten seconds? Um, no movies. Okay. Uh, sci-fi. I recently watched The Arrival. And that's a movie that I definitely think that everyone should watch. Time's up on that one. And you are doing just fine. You're doing fine. You're ready. What, what is your greatest source of joy in this world? Oh, traveling. I think I would say I love traveling. And since I moved to uh, LA, there's so many wonderful national parks around, or even just driving up to the mountains, the desert, different landscapes, which I find absolutely amazing. So I discovered camping for myself because I'd never really been camping before in Europe. Um, so I did that. I went to Deep Creek and they have hot springs there, which are really beautiful. And we kind of stayed there the night and the stars and meteor showers. And uh, yeah, nature, nature is definitely one thing that gives me the most joy and music. And nothing else. And absolutely nothing else. Cool. That's, Good that's to all. know. <laughs> <laughs> 10 seconds left. Do you want to forfeit? Um, yeah. All right. Uh you're doing fine. You're doing just fine. You're very efficient with your answers. You're making me nervous. Next question. What gets under your skin? What gets under my skin? I guess my parents. <laughs> and I think that's probably one thing that, that probably goes for everyone. Um, family is love and hate and all of that good stuff in, in one thing. And 
I don't know. I think being in the middle of your 20s, which I am, um, is a time where you start reflecting of what really is you and what isn't exactly you and what's been given to you, what's been passed on through generations. So, I mean, I sometimes hear clearly the voice of my mother in my head, whether I want to or not, you know, what I think that she's thinking. Mm -hmm. So that is under my skin, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. So sometimes I'm having difficulty with that. <laughs> But, you know, I mean... When you when you start thinking more about that stuff, that's it's also fun actually to find out who the people that your family consists of really are as people. So And there's one more. Musician, actress, singer, dancer, artist, you cover many things. What is your advice for beginners? Well, my advice well, first of all, I think that you should never take advice from anyone else because I believe that nobody nobody knows what they're doing. You know, everyone's just uh, guessing and trying their best to do what they can do. So all I can say is listen to that inner voice, do what you feel like is right. Or even if you don't, you know, just try things, experiment. Don't be afraid to, to fail because you will. Everyone, you know, makes little mistakes here and there, um, but that's how you learn. And so I think just... All you have to do is do it and and keep doing it and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And yeah, really, really don't be afraid to to fall on your face and just embrace it all. Try whatever you can. And that's how you how you find innovation, you know, how you how you start discovering new things. And you're done with five and five and uh oh. Uh, that's the first time I've restarted five and five accidentally. <laughs> and to congratulate you for finishing five and five, I'm going to give you one of these. That's yeah. fun. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Okay, we're going to put away that wacky sound effect machine. Let's let's bring it down a little. It's um, so so. Uh, you you appealed to me as a musician. Mm -hmm. uh, you you came into my life as an art as a as a musical artist. What I'd like to do before we get into the interview proper is uh, turn it over to to your talent. So what we're going to do now is take a break from yakking, and uh, we'll we'll just get to. Well, you'll keep working, but I won't. Um, we'll get we'll we'll listen to one of those songs of yours. Is this the original? Yeah, this is my original. This is actually the first song that I ever wrote, and this happened four years ago. That you I mean, wrote it, or the the incidents described in the song are four years ago. Or both? Well, both, but also that I completed a song because I am a master of starting songs and not finishing them. <laughs> so right. this is the first complete thing in itself with vocals and piano. Um, and I like to keep it simple. I'm also a person of little words, which is probably... <laughs> which is going to make my job which difficult today. Which is going to make your job <laughs> difficult. But, you know, the Finnish uh, are known to be very um, quiet and introverted which is which is what i am so coming back to the first question i guess i would mm -hmm. say that my soul probably relates mostly to the finnish culture um all right what's the title of this song the title is stranger um also coming back to my massive identity crisis <laughs> i can't wait to get into all of your identity crises over the years and we will do exactly that when we come back from stranger
And we're back. Welcome. Okay. So you were growing up in Germany. Were you born in Germany? That's right. I was born in Germany. Um, I have a Finnish passport, though. I have a Finnish citizenship. So this is how the whole thing started. So my father is, is from Finland and I have his nationality, but I grew up in Germany. But I, you know, I didn't really immerse myself too much in the culture in Munich until I actually moved to Berlin to study acting. And that's when I when I really arrived. I went to acting school when I was 19. What's life like? I mean, are you are you fitting in at school? Well, this is actually how a lot of artists start. And I have one of those stories, too, that I was bullied in school. Mm-hmm. Um, not too badly. I mean, it was it was not like a lunch was being thrown at me or something, but I just Did always beat felt... up or was it just uh, no, emotional marginalization? It was just emotional. And I was being called um, a lesbian, um, which... I mean, I think it's, I mean, that time it was still kind of, um, especially in the conservative city, uh, Bavaria, it was still kind of considered something, you know, um, out of worldly. So they would, they would just say different types of things that would single me out and just make me feel like I didn't belong. Were you kind? Of, were you like rocking the short hair and the boyish style, or was no, it just, I the, just the generic go-to that they used on you? I was an extreme introvert, and mm-hmm. I had trouble hanging out with people my own age because I'm an only child, and I never really hung out with uh, with people in my age, and I always was used to talking to adults. So I kind of had a hard time making friends, and I think I had like one really good girlfriend, and so it would mm-hmm. always be the two of us kind of against the uh, world. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And I think that's how like the thing started and yeah, people started yeah, having yeah. rumors that, you know, um, I so. got beat up for being gay. It's, it's, it happens. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many beautiful, but horrible things also happening in this world. So jokes on them. That, I'm that not even gay. <laughs> they totally wasted their beating someone up time. Yeah. You know, I just wish I would have been more confident at that time to, to embrace it and to be like, well, you know, I, I wish I would have had some witty comeback, but I didn't. So I just, uh, I just always felt really awkward. And, but that actually prompted me into the performance even more Okay. because I thought, you know, I want to show you that I have something to offer and that I, that I am not just something that you can put in a box and say you're this way or you're that way but I have something to give to this world so it motivated me ultimately which Mm -hmm. actually makes it or turns it into a positive thing so that's the thing I wouldn't give the the worst things the worst experience of experiences of my life I wouldn't give them back because that's what I grew the most from that's who I learned that's how I learned most about myself and about the world around me they sucked when it was happening but afterwards after you have some time to to reflect and heal yeah Keep yeah, it. Exactly. Own it. Own it. It's a gift. It's a uh, not a fun gift, but it's a gift. So you get through high school. You uh, you go into college. Um, I actually I went straight to drama school because I knew from a very early age on that I wanted to be an actress. Um, and I explored a lot of musical instruments because it was that always just kind of came along with everything. But when I was sixteen, um, my drama teacher in my high school actually had this. Um, they were looking for for extras. Mm-hmm. And so I applied and they actually took me into into this cinema movie called Cheeky Girls Number Two. <laughs> that was a big movie in, in Germany. Um not what it sounds like. It was it was like a chick flick um teenage movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um <laughs> Yeah. And and so that's how I started and I was on set and then I actually doubled the the main actress as well in that. So I got to stay on board of that film for about a month. And uh, that also raised a lot of trouble in school because I was missing out on theater class and all that. So that whole thing going on. But then I knew I wanted to apply to drama school. And so I went to London because I wanted to study theater at RADA. That's what I really wanted or Lambda as well. So I applied and the first round just didn't really go very well for me. I didn't know what I was doing and I was just in the middle of my uh, international baccalaureate. What do those auditions look like? I mean, what do you have to do? So you prepare, um, I think, two or was it three monologues? I think one of them should be um, dramatic and Mm -hmm. one should be um, comedic. And then I think sometimes even a poem, sometimes a song. Okay. Um, And that's round one. And usually they have four rounds. So next round. How far did you make it? Um, I made it to the second round in one of the auditions, um, but actually, and this is the funny thing, I really screwed up the singing because I used to be extremely shy about singing in front of people mm-hmm. because when you're acting, you still kind of, 
you have the words and you have a part and you can kind of hide behind that sometimes. I mean, not that you should, you should always yeah. try to get out there, but with singing, I just felt all the more naked and I was so afraid. So I just, um, I was totally in my shell and I, I couldn't come out of there. So I didn't make it. And then I did another audition in Cologne for a film school, which I got into, but I had another audition in Berlin in a film school that I also got into. And so I decided yeah, to you're go. You're just doing too much country hopping to Berlin. at this point. <laughs> Yeah. So then I, yeah, then I went to Berlin and my dad at the time was living there. And, uh, and so I studied there for three and a half years, drama school. Mm -hmm. And then I worked in Berlin for a couple of years. And then I, then well, I, I mean, what LA. were you doing? Was it like barista work or were you acting? No, or? I was, I was extremely lucky that I got a contract at a voiceover company right away after. Well, Oh, I knew that you were working on the Moomin. That's right. Moomins and how many languages do you speak though at this point? So fluently, I speak about, well, I'd say four. Okay. And, and I'm still learning because I, 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 I have to beat my dad. He speaks uh, seven languages. <laughs> and I really want to speak at least eight, okay. maybe nine. So uh, what, what are the four? So the four are Finnish, Chinese, English, and German. Okay. And um, what, what are the kind of backups that you're I speak a little bit of Dutch because I lived in Amsterdam for eight months, just Uh, mm -hmm. while transitioning uh, from high school to drama school. And uh, I tried to learn a bit of Russian. I tried to learn a bit of French. So those are kind of like on the back burner still, mm -hmm. but I'd love to learn Greek as well. I'll tell you what we say where I grew up. What? If you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. <laughs> you can get it on t-shirts. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes, you can. Oh, that's great. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I should get one and bring it back to Amsterdam. I'm sure they Yeah, just go to, to uh, Berks County, Pennsylvania, and you can get your If You Ain't Dutch, You Ain't Much shirts. That's cool. It, that's cool is what you say when it's not. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're, you're doing the work, uh, you're doing the voiceover work, and then you come to America? Yeah, and then, well, I mean, I was doing that, and I was trying to uh, break into TV and film. We'll get back to that in a minute. I got another question. You said that you hear the voice of your mother under your skin. What does that voice say? That's it's been bugging me at the back of my mind since you said it. Oh, well, it's a what's lot. She, what's she like? Um, What'd you grow up with? It's hard to explain. I think it's, you know... Mothers, especially with daughters, um, they always want the best for you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things that you get or that you do, there's always that kind of voice is like, maybe, you know, that's not good enough. Maybe you can you can have more. It's kind of like a, a bit of a push in the, in yeah. the ambition. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm thinking how to word this, but... You know, just like types of friends that you hang out with. Um, you start just wondering what your parents think of them. I think I've been kind of looking for her approval a lot. Um, so so I'm always kind of balancing what I think and what I think that she thinks, if that makes sense. Is this the kind of thing like it's so do you Do you think you will ever feel like you've gotten approval? Or is this an, an unattainable goal? Um. I don't know. I actually had a conversation with her recently and I kind of openly put all my cards on the table, which I thought that I had been doing the entire time. But I had this conversation with a friend and she was like, well, everything you told me, just just say that. And so I put it all in a 12 minute voice message <laughs> and I got the reply this morning because time difference and everything. And I mean, I know deep inside that they do, they are proud of me, my parents. Of course, of course, you know, they're proud of you. But, but the, like the language is used when you're growing up, it can, it can make, it can create the feeling that you'll never hit the mark. Yeah. And that feeling can, can carry through death. It can, it can be with you the whole time. Yeah. What did, what, what did you put on the line last night or yesterday or so recently in the 12 minute, just that, that you're, you're like, you're your own person or how did you, um, how did you, how did you handle this one? Well, I just said everything that I was feeling in that moment, which was that I am sometimes in doubt of, you know, just if they really approve of some decisions that I've made in my life. And even though they tell me and they show me that they support me with everything, that I'm still doubting it and that I sometimes maybe just need also verbal affirmation of that. Um, 
And, you know, when you live really far away, being an immigrant, it's hard to really communicate a lot, even though we have Skype and we have all the technology. But there's so much going on, especially in L.A. and especially in this phase of our lives when we're trying to, you know, manifest our dreams and, and make something. Yeah, yeah. That that you often get caught up and then it might a week might pass or even two and you have like little text messages in between kind of like hi i'm still alive yeah but you don't really get to have you know just just go and have coffee and maybe not say anything and then even in the random talk or in in small talk sometimes things can come out bigger things if you give them time but yeah if you yeah. schedule a skype and you have maybe half an hour in between somewhere then it usually ends up being like you don't really reach Yep. the deep levels of what you want to say and then it just goes unsaid for a really long time so I just kind of said I wish our communication was was more frequent and and yeah I mean I see my friends some friends of mine that are Americans and they're here they have their family here um I just get maybe a little envious of the fact that they get to spend time with their family whenever they want, that they're just kind of around the corner and mine is like a day away. Um, I like how you're tiptoeing around it. Like it's like you shouldn't be jealous of the families that are close here when your family is half a planet away. Like yeah. you, that's legitimate. You don't have to, you don't have to walk around that one. You can be jealous of the people who have their families right here. You, you're, you're living with your boyfriend. That's right. My wife is in Japan right now. You think I don't get jealous of like that? I come over here and I see what you got going on. Like I, I want her in my house. Yeah. So yeah, you can be jealous of the. Yeah, I think jealous is is a word that is very negatively. It has a negative connotation, and I've actually also only recently admit to myself that I have these feelings as well and maybe that's why I'm tiptoeing around it a little because I still really don't like that word because I was kind of brought up um and maybe yeah maybe this comes from my parents a little that they're like you know you have so much in your life to be thankful for like you shouldn't be jealous like that's that's kind of a a thing that you shouldn't be feeling because it's ugly and you know and you know jealousy can be ugly and I've seen it I've I've been in a relationship for instance where you know my boyfriend was extremely jealous and stuff like that so I I have like just negative negative uh feelings towards this word which is why I try not to use it but I guess one has to admit that of course it's natural and every person at some point probably has felt it before whether it's professionally or um or personally But I mean that that idea that um we that you shouldn't be jealous of what others have because what you have is better than what was had before. Don't want to blow the lid off this pot, but that's jealousy. Mm -hmm. That's like, and also that's good. Every generation we're trying to improve what, you know, we want the next generation to have something better than what we have. We always want it to be better than what it is. Um, so that is good that we should always be working towards something good. But when they say like, hey, you shouldn't be jealous of other people because look at what I grew up with and look at what you... That's just jealousy, isn't it? Probably, yeah. That's like the same thing. It comes from the same place. Yeah. And what what's being discussed is something that should be celebrated and that is that, that you have it better now than we had it 50 years ago. And 50 years from now, things should be better than they are today. So we shouldn't be jealous of the people who are hitting their prime in 50 years. We should be, you know, jumping for joy. That's right. Yeah, I steamrolled that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're completely right. But I mean, it is, it is a thing that's hard to admit. And I have friends, you know, especially being in a competitive um, job industry, you know, it is hard to admit sometimes that, of course, with your friends, you're happy for them. But you also are envious or jealous because they're getting things that you might want to get too. So it's natural, but it is still a hard thing to admit. So that's something that that I'm definitely working on as well to be able to to be open about it and to say, look, I do feel this way right now. And maybe it is ugly, but maybe it's also just, you know, it can be a fuel for motivation as well. Uh, so you get to L.A. You're acting now. How long have you been here? So I got here April 2017. So that's okay. been, so been a, a, a year. bit over a year now. You feel like you're making the progress you want to make? Yeah, more than a thousand percent. I mean, I came with very 
uh, low expectations because actually one of my first coaches told me, you know, don't come to LA with, with expectance to receive anything, but come with a mission to give. So I was already kind of prepared. Let's say that once more. Cause that's one of the most wise things I've heard. Oh, so come, I was saying come with a mission to give, is that what that sentence was? I said, uh, come with the, um, with, did I say mission? I guess mission or with the intent to, with the intent to give whatever it was, come give. with the intent to give. Yeah. And not, right. not to receive, which, uh, yeah, which, which, um, what was the question again? No. It's, it's, uh, well, the, I guess the underlying question of all this is like, what are you doing right in the last year? Oh, um, what do you give and how does that pay dividends? So, okay. That's, that's a complicated question. I try not to be ambitious in the wrong way. I mean, Okay, I have to circle back a little bit. I would say if I adhere to any type of religion or spirituality, it would probably be Buddhism. And uh, one of the main things they say is the journey is the goal. Yes, yes. And so that's what I try to adhere by and not not to try to visualize necessarily or, or box in a certain goal. Mm-hmm. because it makes it hard because while you are just looking in one direction, there might be a bunch of opportunities like left and right to you, but you're just so focused on this one thing that you can't even see it and you can't even take other things in. Yep. He so, who expects nothing from this world will always be overjoyed by the abundance. Exactly. Yes. Also, happiness equals reality minus expectation. Ah, we're taking it to the math department. I like that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's very so, that one's very economic. Like it's 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 all it's just short. It's a clean sentence. It's very very Yeah, and actually compact. the simplest things if you really think about them a lot, you can find a lot of wisdom in them. And so what I'm trying to so, give is I I know that especially in LA and I mean this is a melting pot of cultures, so essentially what most or what all humans and maybe all life I think has in common is we all want to to be happy we want to feel like we're loved like we can love that we belong that we are wanted and needed and all Mm -hmm. of that so what i try to do is is to remind people that we all are and and to remind myself because we forget all the time so so what i want to give is just you know a feeling of of trust in the universe because that's one thing i will definitely thank my parents for forever is that they somehow managed to, to give me this very deep trust that I know that everything's going to be okay. And no matter how dark, you know, some days might be, and I can get melodramatic, I can get like melancholic, super into, into all the things um, and be sad and depressed and all of that too, because, you know, life goes up and down. But deep within, I know that as long as you stay true to yourself and you stay true to others around you and you have the opportunity to to express yourself and I express myself in my music and my art um, and with my words. And as long as we, we get to do that and we're healthy and all of that, you know, that's, that's what I want to want to just, that's my kind of statement that I want to share with people. And I think that's what I'm trying to give. Um, when, yeah. when was the far, so there, there's that kind of overriding idea that things will be okay. What's the farthest you've ever been from okay? Um, I mean, did you ever lose sight of that feeling? I, I, surely, you, I, I can't imagine that, that there hasn't been a single day where you, you don't feel like okay is, is here to stay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm blessed in my life for sure. I don't think that I have been so far gone. Um, the only thing is that I'm a very emotional person. So sometimes my emotions can cloud my reality. And if I'm being in an emotional state, then I can feel like things are never going to be fine again. Yeah, but it's yeah, but it's yeah. kind of this, everything is so horrible and yeah. everything's, nothing's going to be like good ever again, you know. Um, it's kind of weird. Like you're, the body or the brain, I don't know, it, it processes emotions as if they were facts. Yeah. You want to do the first poll? Oh, what'd you get? What'd you get? All right. This is very nice because um, like you're blocked by all the equipment, but I can just glance down at the monitor and see a very clear shot of, of you without any gear in the way. You don't have that luxury for me. What's your question? <laughs> I was trying to figure out. 
So the question is, should faith-based films always be rated G or PG? And why not rated R? I think you're the, the resident expert. Are you, How deep into faith-based filmmaking are you? Um, I... You're allowed to ring the bell, too, if... No, I, I think it's a fascinating question. I just need to kind of gather my thoughts on it. I feel okay. like, I mean, I truly believe that no person would be alive if they didn't have faith at all in anything. Okay. So even if you say you're an atheist, you still have hope for something, right? And hope is kind of a form of faith. And I think, you know, you can't really survive without that. So I don't know if I'm really going into exactly what this person meant with the question, but I feel like that's something that, um, well, I mean, children are exposed to so much in this world. You know, I don't think that religion is the most dangerous one. I wouldn't say you have to hide it because the way that people interpret things changes over time. And it's not like I would see one movie and that would shape, you know, the rest of my life forever and I can never see something. I think let's, can we jump into that word faith? Like you were touching on some stuff that's always interesting to me. Yeah. Is it okay if we keep, sure. Keep poking that. Oh, just, that was a, that was a good old pop right there. Let's ease off the mic. Um, the, the thing about faith that, that always kind of bugs me a little bit is people confuse faith with fact. Mm-hmm. Like, Faith, I, I always feel like faith acknowledges the very real possibility that what you're believing in is not real, too. And I think people forget, like, faith, God, if you have faith in God, you believe he exists, but you don't know, and you can't ever truly know. Like, that's part and parcel to the whole God thing. But there's so many things that we call fact that you also cannot really know, because, that's, I mean, yeah. I can say fact is that, you know, this is a piece of white paper, but mm-hmm. what you understand of white is not necessarily the, the yeah. same as I do. So maybe you're seeing what I would call red, but you're calling it white too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I can't confirm with you if that's really even, you know, and, and what is reality even? What What is really real and what is not, you know? That's, that's, I, that's always kind of the question. Where I, why I, I land uh, as an agnostic to the point that I'm not even convinced this table between us is here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's how deep my my agnostic life goes. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think they can be rated R. What's next? Oh, what's your favorite costume to wear at Halloween? Actually, I must confess, I have never dressed up for Halloween. Get out of town. Why not? Because, what well, are you, What are you doing that you're so busy? You're mid-20s? You had two and a half decades? No, you don't really celebrate it that much in Germany. I mean, it's not huge. They do kind this of This is America it. you're in now. Well, now I'm here, but I've only been here for one Halloween. Okay. And I didn't, um, I don't know what happened, but I really wanted to go as some weird alien version of Wonder Woman. Very good. That's what I wanted to go as, but I just, I couldn't make it. But for the next Halloween, that's what I want to do. (laughs) Do it, do it, do it. Your turn. This is a really, this is the widest table we've ever used. Yeah, I feel like a kid, you know, playing with adult size things. For those of you who are not watching the video feed, we are both having to stretch out our arms at maximum distance to get to the fishbowl, which is middle between us what have you got so here we go what are some of your favorite films in the sci-fi genre which hit me which definitely i think um that one must be by the top we got that one a couple of a couple of episodes ago oh really yeah what have you got well i really loved arrival i already mentioned that before but what i also can really recommend is a mini series by steven spielberg called taken Ooh. Which I really, and it has 10 episodes, and each episode is about 90 minutes, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And, and it's one story throughout, or it's... Yeah. Each is, okay. And it has Dakota Fanning in it when she was still a kid. Aw. And it's it's really, it's that's one of my favorite, for sure, so... Wait, didn't Liam Neeson make a Taken or something? Yes, but that's that's not the same Totally thing. different, totally, totally different. Okay, okay. Taken and The Arrival, I don't have any recommendations, because I just did this like two episodes ago, or oh, last okay. week or something. It's all a blur at this point. Ooh. 
Have you ever fallen in love? And if so, how did you know it was love? Are you in love now? Let's get into it. So, yeah, actually, it's it's good that this question didn't come earlier. <laughs> I mean... Hey, if it had come earlier, would you have thought that what you had at that point was love? Yes, okay. I would definitely say so, because I... Uh, um, I don't like saying things if I'm not sure about them. Mm-hmm. So usually, you are careful with your words. That's something I've been noticing on on this episode and any of our inter- interactions. Is you are you are careful. Yeah, I am. I'm very because I believe that words are often misused, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's the point of having all these words that describe very accurate things if you're not going to use them? correctly you are a woman of my own heart here's here's how i say it words are free why not use the best ones it doesn't cost anything extra to use good ones yeah and there's so many chances for misunderstanding in this world that Mm -hmm. i just want to make sure that i misunderstanding is like built into the human condition you don't have to exacerbate that you're gonna have plenty of that for free even if you use perfect communication every time there's gonna be miscommunication so So what was the question love yes oh yeah love and, and how did i know yeah. Well, I can tell from my most recent experience is that I'm just always very happy when I'm surrounded by him. Mm-hmm. And when he's not there, I miss him and I look forward to seeing him. And when I do see him, it's always um, it's always wonderful. And I think, you know, I often was also wondering... Um, how do I formulate this? It's, it's, there's so much I want to say. And so, you know, um, well, I think the best way to know is just if you feel happy and if you feel like you can be yourself and, and that you're not nitpicking about little things that don't matter. Because as soon as I think something is not right in a relationship, that's when you start nitpicking about little things and when you're truly in love you don't even see all that stuff and all the things that other people may may call flaws actually become things that you find endearing Mm -hmm. and people used to tell me that but I didn't have that before and I would you know get pissed off about certain little things like household things like why didn't you bring the trash out or why didn't you do this and again that all comes back to to I think an inner lack which is insecurity and when you feel like that person is not giving you what you need then you start you know you start um criticizing little things Mm -hmm. because you don't know how to formulate maybe that you're in lack of a much bigger thing and so you know that it's love when you don't feel like you're lacking, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I got nothing to add. That was just perfectly stated. So that I didn't ring you out. I was... Oh, is it your poll? It's your poll. Oh, yeah. Give us something. So give us I, good... Wait, I, I'm not getting it. Am I pulling this so that you answer? Uh, there are absolutely no rules on oh, this okay. at all. You can do it however you want. I didn't want to like dominate... Ooh. I can talk to myself. I can pull these out all night long on my own. It, it's more to my benefit for you to answer than me. But if you want to ask me, you can. What does that mean? <laughs> that means we ring the bell again. Sorry, Pop. That was my dad put that one in. And I don't really know what it means. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's be honest. Do you like being on social media? Why? Okay. This can take a long time. Hit me. Do you not do you do you not trust that Mark Zuckerberg fella? Oh, well, I definitely don't trust him, but I as much as I admire and think that technology is is an amazing thing, I was very late to it. I was very late having my cell phone, having my email because I actually just like being out in the nature and I just like taking in the sounds of nature and not noise from you know from the tv from the news and and all of that stuff and if i was not an actress and i don't know but i think that i mean this is me speaking truthfully i don't think i'd be on social media just because i feel like it's a waste of time because you do get kind of addicted and i i don't even have what you would call a very addictive personality it takes me a long time to get addicted to things the thing with social media is 
I check it at least three or four times a day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot because in those moments that I'm checking it, looking at other people's pictures, I could actually be doing other stuff like spending time with the person next to me or making music. And what I really disapprove of is having your phones out in a restaurant or when you're, you know, hanging out with friends and then people see the display on the, on the table and it like bings and it's Instagram or it's Facebook or whatever. And people feel like they need to look at it all the time. And then you're not being present and you're not really being there with the person that you want to spend time with. So I feel like it takes you away from being present, which is why I don't like it. But I do see, and I have had instances where people have found me over Instagram and they have offered me jobs or, you know, it kind of works almost as a business card nowadays. They say, do you have IG? You say yes. And then they see the stuff that you've done. And I mean, you looked at my Instagram and you saw the music I've done. So that's also part of how I can show who I am and what I'm doing. So I'm torn. I don't really like it too much, but as long as you keep it not extreme, you know, yeah, no, I've got all right. I've got Instagram and Twitter for the fishbowl, but I don't have a personal account. And you'll see, like on the Instagram for fishbowl, it's only the guests. You won't see me sometimes in stories, but it's just not my. I don't know. It's not my. I don't trust that Zuckerberg fella. Yeah, I mean, they I can, think he's got an ace up his sleeve. Well, even with your phone, you know, I mean, I've been talking about things sometimes just with my phone next to me, and I didn't even type anything, and my microphone is usually deactivated. Oh, and you then know, ads will come but up. But still, for ads come up Fiji about Islands exactly or the stuff yeah, yeah, that whatever I've been it is. talking about. I'm yep, like, yep, 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 yep. This is strange. I'm telling you, I don't trust that Zuckerberg fella. I think he's got an ace up his sleeve. <laughs> Your turn. You're allowed to ring the bell too, you know. Oh. I'm, I'm going to break my ringing finger. <laughs> sure. What you oh got? Oh my goodness. If what? you were a Starbucks drink, what would you be? Me? I would be a... This it, it, that sounds like like the dating game or something. Like it sounds like you're supposed to come up with some saucy answer that's a <laughs> sexual innuendo. The best I could, <laughs> I'd be a chai tea latte so I could drink myself all afternoon. <laughs> that doesn't like it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Which drink would you be? Uh, oh my god! And just so we're clear, that with this uh, chai tea latte that I was sipping on all all recording long. Well, I mean, since we've been honest this entire time and I don't want to go away from that, I don't like Starbucks. Oh, burn. I don't like it. But I mean, I like matcha lattes, but I wouldn't say that I'm a matcha latte. I'd say I'm probably just a black coffee, just an Americano. Okay. See, I, I'm not I'm not anti-Starbucks, but they don't, I, they don't need my money. I'll go to any other coffee shop just because I think Starbucks is doing fine without me. Yeah. But I'm not anti. Like, I don't, I don't hate them. Yeah, I'm not anti. I just don't like the taste much because they kind no, of no, burn no. it and it's always way too hot. And I think coffee shouldn't be that hot. Yeah, you know? it no, it's not. Like, it's not great. It's not great anything they yeah. serve there. But as far as like uh, chain food, chain stores go, chain foods or chain drinks, whatever, they're not at the worst end no. of the spectrum. No, they're fine. Let's get a good one. <sighs> okay. No, I'm scared. <laughs> What's the sexiest thing you've had to do on set? Besides Ooh. walking next to me, which is the sexiest thing anyone can do. That was that was truly smoking, yeah. I'm I'm surprised that the cross in the church didn't catch on fire mm-hmm. when we walked into it because we were such a hot couple. What was sure. anyway? And the cards you were holding as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, man, that was spicy. That scene. Y'all should check out the season finale of Teachers. Um, I feel like I feel like you're trying to steer this conversation. No, no, I'm, away from I'm thinking. Me. I well. I would say the sexiest thing was a fight scene uh-huh. um, with a Russian mafia boss. Male or female? Male. Okay. And we fought in a library. Okay, this just keeps getting hotter. And uh, and yeah, and there's there's like a... I mean, were you like scissor kicking his head and stuff? Or what, what made it sexy? Well, there was a moment where he kind of slammed me on the table and we were like fighting on the table and that was kind of hot, I guess, uh-huh. in a way, at least I thought so. Um, and then also there's another scene where I strangle him for about two minutes. Okay. <laughs> and like behind him as a monkey. <laughs> and it, it's pretty, I mean, it, sexy in a, in a sleek, like 
fighting kind of anime way. Well, now you now there's so many follow up questions when you list <laughs> choking and slamming onto tables as the sexiest things you've done. <laughs> So many follow-up questions. Unfortunately, our target audience is my little sister, so I won't be doing any follow-up no, on that. Yep. I wouldn't ask you anyway because I don't want to. I don't want to make Selena. <laughs> this is your poll. Okay. Um. Was the I... was the mafia guy hot? I mean, was he a stacked? Oh, he's he's really good fella? looking. Okay. Yes. Okay. Very good looking. Gentleman too. It was nice to you. Greetings offset. to him, by the way, through this. Oh, hey, fella. <laughs> hey, Weston. <laughs> so, what celebrity should be your stand-in? So, who's the most famous name that could stand in for you? Oh. You mean look-wise or who I would just prefer? Yes. Your choice. These questions are very open-ended. I don't know. I would feel bad asking someone famous to stand in for me. Oh, no, no, no. You're not asking. This is like a, a cosmic force that compels them to do it. It's not a, not a humble request. It's... Um, hmm. I really don't know how to answer this. I think I'm going to ding. You may. That was the weakest ding in the history of the fishbowl. There was. Okay. That was better. Let me get you. Let, let's see what we can get out you're on your deathbed. What's the accomplishment you are most proud of? Um, there's so many things that I, that I feel contributed to the way that I am now. And I'm just kind of proud that I stayed true to myself and that I was um, honest with people and that I never tried to, that I never intentionally hurt someone, I guess. Have you unintentionally hurt people? Probably. I mean, I wouldn't even you, know. You haven't been tracking but, it? I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's been some breakups. There have been things I've done that my family didn't, uh, maybe wasn't a fan of, you know. So I'm sure that there's, and there's hurtful things I've said, especially being a teenager, you know, you say all kinds oh, yeah, of hurtful yeah. That stuff hurtful doesn't stuff, count because we've all been teenagers. Like when, when, if, if I have children and they turn to punks in the teen years, there's, there's nothing they can say that I haven't said to someone when I was a teen. So you're kind of off the hook, I think, for that. But I guess what I'd really want to do is make a lasting contribution, at least on my part, to saving the environment. So if I, which I'm trying to do now by starting to minimalize trash that's a question. Output. This is like this is one this is one of those questions I love talking solutions. Yeah. So yeah, what what can the average Joe be doing to uh, better protect the environment? Go. Well, definitely not. Um, just even when you go to the supermarket, just have a reusable bag, mm -hmm. for instance, that you can put the stuff in. Um, even when you go to the coffee store, let's say you go to Starbucks, have a mug, you know, yep, that yep, you yep. bring that they can fill the stuff in that you don't get. And also it's not healthy to drink out of those cups cause there's like chemicals in there and you can even see it floating around in the coffee. So even just for your own health, just don't oh, do it. That's, that's not chemicals <laughs> from know? the cup. That's like employee spit. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's what we're calling it now. No more single-use plastics. That's no more single-use plastics. The official word of the Hollywood fishbowl. And God, please save water. That's that's also. Dude. Okay. You know. My neighbor. She is out there watering her crappy ass lawn for half an hour every morning. Like we don't live in a desert, and also like it's making a difference. It's all just dead grass. But she's there with the hose, looking like. Anyway, that's mm. my two cents on that. Yeah, it's very important. Let's do one more and then we get, uh, hey, why, I want to wrap this up because we get another song as soon as we're done with all these That's shenanigans. Right. Uh, <laughs> I love the way you just tossed it. I was like, nope. You're allowed to do that on the fishbowl. What is the most trouble you endured with your parents? What's the worst thing? You, what's the worst you got into as a teenager, as a kid? Um, so... Before we get to that, I have a question. So your your mother's Chinese, your dad is Finnish, you grew up in Germany. How much of your family is local? Like, do you spend time with your aunts and uncles and your grandparents, or are they... Well, so that's the thing. I mean, my uh, paternal grandparents lived... Well, my, my grandma still lives in Finland. 
Okay. Uh, my grandfather now moved to Berlin as well. So I get to see him more often. And my dad lives in Berlin and I live there. So we got to see each other a lot. My mom lives in Amsterdam. Her brother lives in London. My cousins live in London. Okay. So we sometimes spent Christmas together, but also I don't see them half as much as I'd like to. My other grandparents are in China. So I really don't see them a lot. I see them maybe once every three years now. It used to be more frequently when I was a kid. It would be every year. But now I don't really see them a lot. And yeah, and all the rest of the family, I don't even know them. I mean, not not really too well. They're just okay. all so, over the place. So, we so really growing don't. up, it was like really you and your parents. It was really, yeah. And my parents split up. So uh, also their spouses and well, I. How old were you when they split? My parents split when I was three, I think. I mean, okay. it was kind of you know any memories like of the fighting or not really. No, they did a really good job of hiding it. So I remember one fight, which I was inside the apartment. My dad was outside, and I just saw him on the phone, like gesturing and kind of yelling. And I knew he was talking to my mom. Mm-hmm. That's the only memory that I really have of arguments. But they always traveled a lot, so it kind of nothing really changed. Because from the start, I was always oh, yeah, spending yeah, yeah. time it was alternate, one or the other. alternating. Yep, yep, so yep. Now I have, it didn't really change too much. I think I was like two when my parents split. And I have this memory of uh, we're in the kitchen in our Topton house. And they're fighting about something. And I've got one of those Tupperware sippy cups with the lid on it so it doesn't mm-hmm. spill. And I remember like trying to pretend to sip it and hide behind the cup to not have to see them fighting. Oh my God. And like looking at the, the top adorable. of the cup. <laughs> eh, you know. Yeah, I love how kids, there's, there's this one little girl that I once babysat and she had this helium balloon and it was almost empty. And so mm-hmm. it was like barely floating. Yep, yep, yep. And she was like, waving it around and she said Lynn look I'm so fast you can't even see me and she was like turning around with that thing and it's actually a very very um smart thought because I mean mm-hmm. if we could move fast enough yep, yep, yep. we would be invisible yeah, yeah yeah so that was that was really interesting actually to me but she thought that she was invisible in the moment that she was twirling around oh it. what I would have given to be invisible at that moment <laughs> two years old and I think my mother told my dad to she said, get off my back. That's what I remember her saying. And I didn't understand the expression. Like I thought, you know, is he climbing on her or something? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't looking. It was anyway. What was the question? Oh, what was the most trouble you've gotten into? What do you, what shenanigans did you do? Any? You were probably I, a good I did kid. some shenanigans, but, uh, well, I mean, they all came actually much later. Not when I was a kid. I'm, I'm a late bloomer. Like college in any age sense. or was it till you got to LA? Um, well, I'd say it started with maybe 21 that's like when I started to do some things that my parents didn't approve of, but it was what, mostly what did you do? like, what's the worst of it? It's not even, it's not that's even really I, bad. That's what I'm thinking is it's probably like I went to a bar with my friends, even though I was too young to drink, but I didn't get a drink, but I was in the bar. No, or I something mean, like no, that. it was, it was actually professionally related because no, actually this was earlier. I was 17 and, um, I was working as a model at that time and I had a photo shoot And the guy said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you took your clothes off and you'd be hiding behind a guitar? Mm -hmm. And so I was sitting behind a guitar and I had like underwear on and everything, but it was kind of a sexy photo shoot. And I didn't know at that point because it was supposed to be a beauty shoot. It was supposed to be just my face. And he said somehow that makeup artist wasn't there or something went wrong. And I should have called my agency and said, hey, can I do this? And of course, if you're under 18, you're actually not allowed to do implied nudity. Yeah. And I wasn't really thinking about it. And I was like, well, that's cool if you don't see anything. And it looks cool. And I, I love instruments. I love guitars. You know, yeah, I was yeah. just naive. And I just did it. And so that got me in a lot of trouble because, you know, it's, you know, for any parent probably to see your underage daughter kind of in a sexy And then the question comes up shoot. of what else was going on? What else has she... What else was what else was he working at the photographer? Yeah, well, he was he was a newcomer. I think he was just doing stuff for his portfolio. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like even a bad intent or anything. He just thought, well, that would be cool. And he didn't even think about the fact that I was uh, I was not 18. From your perspective and from his perspective. Yeah. But from a parent's perspective. Yeah. There is that feeling of like, what, was he angling for more? Was, yeah, yeah. Did he angle for more? Did he get no, more? No, like there's was, that yeah, quest. Those questions would come up. So it was I mean, for me, it was very innocent and I was proud of 
of it. I liked it. I like mm-hmm. the outcome of it. I still have that picture actually. And I, I, I really like it, but of course for my mom, it was, that was not cool. And she was, um, I think that kind of scratched. Yeah, I believe scratched it. A bit. I believe it. If, if my 17 <laughs> so. year old daughter came home with that. But you know, also in Europe and in America, those things are so different because in your, of course not under age, but nudity is, is dealt with in a very different way because if you just go to the beach, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of nudist beaches all over. And I mean, you've traveled, so you know, there it is. That's the bump. Yeah, uh, in each bump. episode, there will be at least one. The guest hits the, the, the microphone. It's a curse. Yeah. It's, it's, it's by design. I try to set it up so that it gets hit a lot. <laughs> of course. Um, I think that's it. Let's do the, let's do the round down music. Is there any, any thoughts that you feel like we missed? Um, so many and nothing at the same time. <laughs> any? No, I guess, I mean, for now. All right. I think we are winding down, if that's okay with you. Yeah, of course. Then what we're going to do is play the goodbye music, uh, and then we get one more. We're going to ride out on one more song. Can you tell us what it's going to be? So that's going to be one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite bands, Coldplay, um, Oh Fly On. All right, so Oh Fly On in a minute and a half as the, as the crow flies. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to... The Hollywood Fishbowl. I am your host, I was your host, and will continue to be your host, Jesse Castor. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on Instagram at HWFishbowl and on Twitter at HWFishbowl and also on the internet at www.hollywoodfishbowl.com. But it's not about us, it's about the guest. Lynn, where can people find you? You can also find me on Instagram as Lynn Gatoni. Would you be kind enough to spell that? That is L-I-N-G-O-T-H-O-N-I. And of course, that will be in the description as well. And anywhere else? That's uh, that's pretty much where I live at the moment. So. <laughs> and you can find both of us in holding at the season finale of Teachers. That's right. Thank you so much for joining, Lynn. And now we're going to turn it over to you. Well, thanks so much for having me and uh, your wonderful, calming outro. I feel like I need to meditate now. <sighs> this one is Oh Fly On by Coldplay. How much I love. Thank you.